and we're live. Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and I'm your host for the show. At Daily Confidence, we share tips, strategies, and actionable advice that you could use on a daily basis and boost your confidence when it comes to running your business. As usual, during the show, we'll be giving away uh, gifts, and we do a draw later. And for you to enter the draw, if you like, subscribe, comment, tag a friend, ask a question as we're live, and or tag a friend who could benefit from the topic, you will enter your name and their name into the draw, and everyone could win. So I have a, a wonderful guest today. My guest is Manny Hoffman. Welcome, Manny. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. So let me do the proper introduction here, and then uh, we're going to dive into the topic of mastering the art of delegation, which is an important topic for uh, every business owner. So Manny Hoffman is the CEO of PTEX Group, an award-winning branding and marketing agency headquartered in New uh, Brooklyn, New York, a lifelong entrepreneur passionate about creating winning strategies that help growing businesses flourish. Uh, Manny has been successfully helping Brands grow and thrive since 2001. So he's been at this for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the founder of the Let's Talk Business LTB platform, a movement to provide entrepreneurs with powerful tools needed to learn, grow, and lead. Uh, he's a popular speaker who shares his strategies at regional corporations and conferences. And he's a proud husband and lucky father of eight. Welcome, many. It's my pleasure to be here. How's your day going so far? Good, good, good. You know, in a while, I did not hear that mouthful of, of bio. Maybe I'm going to have to shorten it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's not too long. <laughs> it, 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 it's got the main points. Yes, I'm very excited about today's topic. So I, I, I absolutely uh, love delegation. Uh, it is definitely an art that mm -hmm. not very many people actually know how to do it or how to do it well. So... And every business owner needs this topic mm -hmm. over, in my experience, over 90% of business owners that I have came across over the years do either don't do any delegation or they, they do it poorly. Right. Mm -hmm. So many, what is the story behind what you do these days and what, what you specialize in? So yes, um, so as you mentioned in the bio that um, I'm the CEO of PTEX Group, we're a business and marketing service agency, and we help growing businesses flourish. And how do we do it? We do it with branding, marketing, web development, and other services, all related to helping growing business get to the next level. At the same time, we do a lot of education. And the reason why we do education is because you could have a great business, you could have a great product, but if your infrastructure is not set up properly, uh, you could spend so much money on marketing and not yielding the results. So as the same way that we offered all these services, we always brought in education for all those leaders to know how could they set themselves up for growth. And I always say when I speak on this topic is that the easiest thing in today's day and age is growing a business. Uh, you decide a few hundred dollars, you know, speak to people that started an Amazon e-commerce business or a consultancy business. Sometimes even with zero dollars, they just left their nine to five job. Why? Because they probably had lined up a couple of clients and they started doing stuff that they love doing. And ultimately they're growing a business. Speak to them six, eight, nine months later. And they just say, wait a minute. Did I sign up for this? I did not sign up for this. It's way harder than I thought. 
What happened? It's managing the growth. It's not just getting into business and growing a business. It's managing the growth that you have to start learning new skills. You have to start learning new way of delegation. You have to learn on bringing in other people that might not think like you, do like you, and growing your team because now your infrastructure needs somebody for sales, for marketing, operations, and so on and so forth. Till then, it was all you, everything you, your style, your way, your way of communicating, and everything else. So I love this topic, and therefore, I educate people on this topic, and I share a lot of resources on this topic, even some of them, most of them, even not related to services we offer as a, a paid services. Hmm. So what is a typical day for you like these days? Typical. There's no typical day for an entrepreneur or leader of a company, <laughs> but um, I, I do have a system how I work my week. And my week is basically, we know there's the following. There is obviously internal conversations that need to happen. There's external conversations that happen. And then there are odds and ends. And I try to schedule my my day. And we can speak about the full schedule and how it's actually set up in blocks and calendar and so on and so forth. But mainly it's about knowing that certain hours and blocks are dedicated for everything internal. Mm -hmm. or those meetings that have to happen. There are certain days that are open for external, outside of the office meetings, in the office meetings with clients, Zoom meetings, whatever it is. And then I let days like today, which is always my Wednesdays, where I focus on all everything else. I run a podcast. I'm, I'm, I am a guest on other people's podcasts. Those things need to happen. Or visionary stuff, exploration of different ideas that are not fitting into day-to-day -day operation or even focused stuff that are related to my business, but maybe explorational stuff, it will all be in that Wednesday. And I work my way, my, my week around it. So I have those buckets and I have those days and I have those hours. So you can squeeze in as much as you can in those weeks. Love it. So why don't we talk about the block and how you set up blocks that you have throughout the week. And then we're going to uh, make a, uh, a, a, a entry into delegation and how we don't go about that. Sure. So, so can you share with us how you how you structure your week and your days. Sure. So first thing is just uh, something I love sharing is is you could buy today's day and age you could buy everything through Fiverr uh -huh. or Amazon. The yeah. only thing it's not available is time. Mm -hmm. You cannot buy more time. So as much as you could put into your time, that's the the much input you could put that will yield the output that you're expecting. And with that said is if you look at successful um, business owners, leaders in companies and large corporations, or even think for a moment, the president of the United States, how much they fit into a day's schedule? How do I, how do I make sure that they, everything fits in? Mm -hmm. They have certain things they do themselves, certain things that they, they delegate, certain things they just get a briefing and so on and so forth. So my days in my weeks, it's bucketed out in the following stages. There are one, there are big ticket items, which is, focused stuff that need my attention. Then those those are check-ins and follow-ups and meetings that need to happen just because people need me for that half an hour to an hour time. And then there are times that I need to delegate because I do a lot of the sales and strategy and business development with my company. I'll need to have those blocks available for those follow-up meetings or introductory emails, uh, meetings and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's how I schedule it. So Mondays are usually an internal day which is this, we start in the morning with a huddle, a uh, company huddle, and then we move into meetings with team members and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, we have a big picture, big vision uh, meeting 
every week. It's called the level 10. We work, we run our company on EOS mm-hmm. is literally scorecards. Where are we holding with every single project, every single rock and everything that's just a, a follow up on that. The afternoon goes for client meetings. Wednesday is, as I mentioned to you, is, is for all other, other types of, of projects that I'm involved with. Thursday again is mostly clients and I leave a block of hours if internal meetings have to happen again before the next week arrives. Outside of that, I'm an early riser. So I start my way, my, my day early. So before any hectic stuff happen or before any blocks of my time start usually in 9.30 or 9 o'clock, I already checked my emails, already followed up with some of the emails. And then throughout the day, I have like 50-minute increments where I will ch- jump into my inbox, clean it up, and move on. If those inbox stuff, sure, go ahead. Any, to, to, just to clarify, what is your what uh, your Friday like? Did I miss that? Yeah. So Friday is I I leave it a very open. That's Friday okay. is the only okay. time that is very open, which means is something that still needs to happen this week, but I didn't get to it. It will it will still have somewhere because a big mistake a lot of people do is they pack their week and they, they it's so rigid that you don't leave anything open just in case there is an emergency. There is something that you still need to achieve before the weekend. Love so the it. Friday I leave open, I leave open for a Zoom call, a face-to-face meeting, whatever I need to happen. So it's very flexible. So it's not scheduled something. And right. I actually spend some time on Sunday. Most of the time it's by me, myself, my company is not working on Sunday just to nicely plan out my week. So when I have blocks of hours that I'm going to, I'm going to focus on big picture items. I don't want the time slot to come up and say, eh, I don't even know what I have. I'm going to rather go for the important, the urgent stuff. So Got on it. Sunday, I'll figure out this week, I want to review last month's quarterly reports and I want to make some notes on it. Or this week, I want to revisit my sales strategy or my sales system, whatever it is. So I actually on Sunday, I will, I will fill in those blocks. Which clients do I want to meet this week? Which, which internal employees do I want to set some time and meet with? And then those calendar invites go out. And like this, those slots are being filled up to, I would say, I always like to fill it up like 70% before the week starts. Very interesting. So uh, my, just to do a recap, Monday internal, that's when you do review stuff and plan for the week. Did I get that right? So Sunday is more the planning. Monday is where I, I, I do internal conversations to make sure everybody on my staff has what they need in order to make it a most successful week possible. Is so that start, when you guys set your the sprints and the projects for, for yes. the next week or two on Mondays? Yeah. So it's it's not only the projects, it's also sometimes it's follow-ups of conversations that my people have to have to with clients about strategy or different things. So those meetings will happen block, 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 block. I yeah. also leave some time for big picture reviews. So let's say I mentioned before, like reviewing reports. Um, if I review it on Monday, I could give it back to my bookkeeping or my people doing reports to make some edits and changes as the week progresses. Tuesday is half and big. half. Sure. Big picture, you said, on Tuesday? Yeah. Half day is big picture. Second half is clients. Yeah. Wednesday is is trying to keep free for any other explore opportunities that come my yep. way that needs my attention. Mm-hmm. Thursday is mainly clients. clients, some some internal, and Friday yep. is open for anything that open. didn't fit in. Love it. And then I, lo- I like the fact that you actually use Sunday to plan out your week. Mm-hmm. I am I I need to get better at this, but some Sundays, Sundays, when I do it, sit down in the evening, 5, 6 p.m., and I plan out what I need to do for the week. Mm-hmm. And boy, it, it's beautiful when you know 
what you need to do. And we actually do the same thing on Monday mornings when we plan out for the whole week mm-hmm. and prioritize our tasks. And it's just, it's a, it's a best thing you could do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can attest that it really works. Yeah, it's also something that, you know, if you have so many different projects and so many different things happening in your week, like in myself, I have a notepad in front of me. And every, like, something will, you know, I'll have this spark of inspiration that, you know what, let me instig- investigate this. Let me check out this resource. Like a lot of those small to-dos that com- to compile, Yeah, and most people will stop what they do and start doing that task. I'll just write it down. Mm-hmm. Sunday is when I collect all everything that came in last week that and, and prioritize it basically what is really due for this week or what are the stuff that I could just put away and store away when I have time. Absolutely. So now maybe a good time to segue into your delegation. Give us your definition of delegation and why it's important to do. Sure. So one of the important parts um of delegation, the reason for delegation is at one point you have to realize that the company and your business is bigger than yourself, which means is if everything will have to go through you, be done by you, you have a a limit how much you could achieve. Mm -hmm. So it's perfectly fine. Let's think about this self, you know, entrepreneur doing graphic design or somebody, even an attorney. If the lifestyle they want to have, I don't want to have employees. I want to do everything myself. And once I hit my capacity, I'm good. I want to go to the beach and do whatever I want. That's perfectly fine. Nothing is wrong with that. However, if you're looking to grow something bigger than yourself, which is not dependent on you, but you really want to create a business that has meaning outside of what you have created, it it carries your vision. It carries your face of it. You are the chief strategy officer, whatever it is. But ultimately, when you are doing something else, the company is making you money and there's companies and serv- clients being serviced, employees being servicing those clients. At one point, it has, to, you have to learn the art of delegation because you're just not, you know, it's not possible to do everything. And I always say, when you are the leader of the company, you got to do one of two things. Either you do stuff that nobody else will do. If you don't do it, nobody else will do it. Or you want to do stuff that you do best. Nobody else could do it as good as you. Mm-hmm. All the uh, the rest of the stuff, at one point, you start to delegate. So if you are the CEO of a company, speak about vision. Speak about strategy. Speak about culture. Speak about nobody else in your company will do it like you or should do it like you because you are the visionary of the company if you are mm-hmm. in that role. So automatically 50% of your time is already occupied by just doing the stuff that you are responsible to do as a CEO. And I always tell people, when you put the CEO title on the business card, it's not just because the, the graphic designer asks you what title you, uh, you have or finally I'm the CEO. It comes with responsibility. When you look at a company, what is the role of a CEO? Or if you look at EOS, what is the role of the visionary? It comes with a very specific role. And if you're not leaving the time to do that, who else is doing it? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the second thing is sometimes you do stuff very good. So sometimes you could find somebody in the leadership role, but they're the best salesperson. Fine. Be it. But then you're doing sales, but something has to go. Something has to be delegated. Now, everybody knows that everybody would want to delegate. The natural question that most people ask me, why don't people delegate more? And I'll tell you the answer that I've asked this question for so many business on, uh, business owners or entrepreneurs or even leaders in companies. And you know what they answer me? What is that? 
they tried and they failed. Or they tried delegating and it didn't work. Didn't work. Messed up my client. The project didn't come out as I planned. That's where you have to learn the art of delegation. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't learn art of delegation, you will be setting up, setting yourself up to fail. And rightfully so, now you're afraid of delegating another piece. That's why he starts saying, you know, don't do it myself. Send me the email you're going to be sending the client. I want to see it and approve it beforehand. And what are you doing now? You're not giving the autonomy. You're not delegating. You actually have somebody helping you with your workflow, but it's you're still the bottleneck. Uh-huh. And you're still managing it and overseeing it and overseeing it and not getting the advantage of delegation. Got it. So which is a nice segue to my next question. What are some of the biggest challenges that business owners and entrepreneurs experience when it comes to delegating? Sure. So mainly it is, first of all, not knowing exactly what to delegate. Uh huh. So they start and all of a sudden they're giving the wrong thing to delegate. You know, the wrong thing. This is the last thing you should give on your list, not the first thing on your list. Second of all, they arrive to delegation when they're full to capacity or even more than that. And all of a sudden... Too late. They're too late, and when they're too late, they don't have the bandwidth to properly delegate. And they're just handing it off to someone without the proper information, without the proper education or training, and all of a sudden they're getting the yielding the results we mentioned before. Third is understanding that when you delegate, it really depends on what you're delegating to understand who is the best person suited for that delegation. So you could have a team of 10 people if you don't know who your people are and you don't know the strengths and weaknesses of every person, you delegated something that for the wrong person, you're not yielding the right results and all of a sudden you get fed up. I cannot delegate. I have to control everything. And sadly, I could tell you, we work with clients that have CMOs spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of CMO. That are not, they're not going to allow the CMO a single ad or single piece of content to go out without them overseeing it, making corrections. And sometimes I ask you, if they're going to do it, why are you paying somebody a few hundred thousand dollars to do this job? They're mm-hmm. miserable at their job because they can have zero autonomy. And the reason for that is they never learned the art of delegation and could be this person is a great person, but you never learned that and you never had this checks and balances to get to that level. Hmm. Love it. So, so the top questions right now I got is when should I start delegating and how do I figure out who is the best person to delegate to? Mm-hmm. Let's start with when is a good time to start delegating? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit big picture if you allow, if time allows. Okay. I'm going to go yep. a little bit big picture because I think if you get some of those concepts in for the listeners and the viewers, I think uh, some, some of the stuff will make more sense as I, mm-hmm. as I dive into the delegation part. So, I, I'm a strong believer that when you start a company, uh, you have to create an org chart, organizational chart. Yeah. Now, most people think about org chart. I'm self-employed. You know, org charts are for companies, of Fortune 500 companies that have thousands of employees, and we need to know who works for whom, who's the direct report. But I do it a little differently. By me, I call it, um, it's basically a responsibility chart, which yeah. means is, I'm opening this company. Let me put down on paper every type of responsibility my company will have. Could be starting today or could be I'm seeing the next few months it's going to have. So for simplicity purposes, 
We're going to have to have somebody in sales, somebody in operations, somebody in billing, accounting, somebody in marketing, somebody in, you know, coming up with a product development, whatever you're selling, so on and so forth. Now, put them all in boxes. Now, you put them all in boxes. Chances are, as you start your company, you are going to put your name on every single box. And that's yeah. perfectly fine. We all started that way. Yeah. However, you could start preparing yourself as soon as you're ready to hire the first person. Which box am I giving away for that person? Mm-hmm. What am I giving away for this next person? So this is not the art of delegation that we talk, we speak, we're speaking about, or we're going to go into details, but this is the first level where people make a mistake where all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm hiring an assistant. Mm-hmm. The assistant comes in and I want them to be at my side and do everything I'm doing together with me. Doesn't work. <laughs> you know what? You can hire an assistant. You can hire an assistant to schedule appointments. You can hire an assistant to do some, um, you know, admin tasks. But when you want to start really expanding, you're hiring somebody to, that takes away responsibilities from you. That mm-hmm. means that they're going to be taking one box, two boxes, whatever they have, they're going to start taking away. So when you start seeing that, automatically your light bulb goes up and say, as soon as I have help, which stuff do I want to start delegating? Natural, natural answer you're going to ask yourself, a uh, question you're going to ask yourself and you're going to have the answer. So now you're asking when is the right time to delegate is as soon as you know that I'm full to capacity and I'm going to bring in help, but now you also know what are the stuff you're going to be delegating. Yeah. Okay. Now, then we have to get into the mode of that's on the high level, on the low level, one of the stuff that I, I'm going to give away a guide over here, which is strictly you know, information on, on delegation. But the first thing I give and I tell people is if you are really in it already, let's say you're running a company you're all over the place and you have even people, I don't even know where to start. I say, take seven days, take 14 days and write down everything you do. And as soon as you write down everything you do, mm-hmm. go through the same exercise after a week or after two weeks and saying, which are the stuff that I actually am not even good at? Or which are the stuff that if so many other people could be better at and could free up my time so I could focus on the big picture? That's going to give you those chunks of stuff. And then you bucket those stuff together and say, you know what? Sally would be perfect for that. She actually has some free time. Now let me go ahead and delegate it. So Absolutely. the first thing is, first thing is coming up with what are those items mm-hmm. and then figuring out who is the best at it. And then we can speak about the art of delegation is how do I make sure that the work is going to be done to my satisfaction. Got it. Now, for those of you who are watching and listening, um, I guess Manny Hoffman is talking about the mastering the art of delegation, which is an absolutely essential topic for every entrepreneur. And later in a few minutes, we're going to be sharing his gift, which is his guide and workbook on how to master the art of, art of delegation. Also, if you have any questions about uh, delegation and how to do it, Post it in the chat box uh, on whichever platform you're on, and we're going to try to answer your questions. And if you know any friends that could benefit from this topic, tag them in a post and have them watch this interview because we it, many is touching on really important and good stuff. So um, many question for you. Would you delegate your strength first or your weakness? Absolutely your weakness. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is because when you are weak at something, uh, it really, you know, it pulls you down. 
which means is it doesn't allow you to work with your full um, uh, for, to full capacity and ultimately with your full passion. And why struggle, especially if you're pay, pay, paying people in your on your team or you have other people that are working with you? Why struggle and not work to your full capacity just because you're being bogged down by stuff that you're actually weak doing? Mm-hmm. And so those needs to be the first thing that you want to give away. Um, and then when we're speaking about strengths, you might be great at it, but it's not the best use of your time. And you will still delegate that because remember what we spoke before, you have very, very serious obligations as running your company. And now other people's food on the table is dependent on what you're bringing to the table. Your clients' satisfaction is but what you're visionary, what you're bringing them solutions to problems. So if you are bu- busy reconciling a credit card statement and going through every transactions in the same time you could have helped a client, you're not doing justice, not for yourself, not for your company, not for your client. Absolutely. Would you, um, would you uh, delegate your strength at some point? When, it's, when you still don't have enough time on your day to focus on the bigger picture stuff that's relying okay. only on you, and if you don't do it, nobody else will. Got it. Got it. Now, what are um, some of some myths that entrepreneurs have around delegation? What are some of the wrong approaches they have about it? So the the first wrong approach is that I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to delegate it and they'll make a mistake. Guess what? You also, we also make mistakes. And the good part is if they're making a mistake while you're delegating, at least you're achieving something else at the same time. If we do it and we make the mistake, nobody else is doing something in, in the same time that we are. Love it. So that's the first myth. Um, the second myth is that nobody's good as I am. And I feel that this is a myth that entrepreneurs have in, 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 in general. And the answer is you are maybe best at it from your point of view because you started this company, you started this vision, and you're building this vision. But you are you might not have every every trade um you know be good in every trade and and this comes to a totally different topic but interconnected which is you know sometimes you hire someone and i ask him oh i hired this perfect person and and i i I love teasing the person why is that person such a good hire says well this person thinks like me does like me everything like almost like as if i've written this email and i say how about you want to embrace diversity how about you actually want to bring in somebody on your team that's a little different because maybe you are a very quick person and this person will actually ask questions and they're, they're going to be your safety net before you move on to the next day, mm-hmm. before you move on and do this process. So this is also a myth that if the person is not going to do it like me, chances are they're going to fail. Guess what? They might be, be bringing in something to the, bring something to the table. In the long run, even if it's a little harder than you in the beginning, it's going to be better for the company. And I've seen this time and time again. I'm a business owner. I'm not just a coach or a consultant, and and, and I'm offering services on that angle. We actually have over 30 internal employees in my company sitting now, most of them sitting in the office right now doing work. And I remember the days that I've controlled everything. I remember the days that I hired my first person, and, and they annoyed me. They annoyed me because they asked too many questions. I could have done it myself in half the time. But when I started seeing the, 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 the results of it and what it freed up my time focusing on other stuff or it gave me checks and balances to make sure that I'm producing proper results, 
Then I started reaping the rewards and I said, you know what? I have to go out and teach every to everybody the master of the, the art of delegation. Uh, and one thing that stops people, and you touched on it beautifully, is, is the time that it takes to maybe train them and maybe to ask too many questions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the question that I've always asked myself or my people I work with is, what's the alternative? Either I'll be stuck here forever doing the tiny little things and like going through transactions, or I can spend some time to train other people so they could do it. So at some point I would be free. I could take a day off or, you know, focus on the big picture stuff. Mm -hmm. So if time allows, I want to go into some of the actual practical pointers of how to actually do it right. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So um, obviously with the guide itself, there's a, it's broken down in five steps. So I'm not going to repeat every step over here now, but I'm going to give you just the, 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 layout the direction of where people fail and why, why, how you could do it um, better is the first thing is that delegation, keep in mind, let's say you do something for a long period of time. Okay. You arrive to a destination where you know why you're doing it. You know how you want to do it. You know how the end result needs to look like. And you, and backwards, you're actually doing all those steps in order to achieve the results that you want to achieve. Now you hire this new person there three months with a company, three weeks with a company, and all of a sudden you want to, you know, give it to them to do. Most of the people that fail is because they're giving over the full project before proof of concept that this person will deliver you the results the same way that you expect the results to be. So they're over delegating just because they're so frustrated. You know what? Take it away from me. Take it and run with it. And without setting up proper, um, proper guidelines of, how the outcome needs to look like, what mm-hmm. is the check-ins that we're going to have, and so on and so forth. So I'll give you an example. Typical example, let's say you want to buy a new CRM system for your company. Mm-hmm. Okay? So chances are you as the entrepreneur, five years ago you did it yourself. You went out there, went into forums and groups and checked out what it is. You got a bunch of names. You went on, you started get, getting some demos and so on and so forth. You made a decision. Nobody held you accountable. You made the decision. It's your money. You made the decision. Five years later, you have a team of five people. Okay. And you're again, you're out of your CRM. You're looking for the next, next level CRM and you want to delegate it. The first level, and this is, um, this is, this is just sh- giving you examples of a level. You would not go to a person that never did it for you or never went to the level and say, go ahead, make research, buy whatever you want. Here's my credit card and just let me know where to log in. Never. You know what the first step would be? You would tell that person, you know what? We're in the mood of a CRM. Here is the different things that I'm looking into a CRM. It should do automation. It should do a CRM uh, pipeline. It should have my sales pipeline. We should be able to send out emails. We should have this and this and that. You know what? Go online, make some research, get me some names, and let's have a conversation. Okay? Now, if a person can't do that, you know there's no second level of delegation. You gave them very clear instructions of what you're looking to get. If they bring back and they bring back instead of CRMs, they bring back inventory management systems. Oh, they're not, they're totally off. You know, it's, I gave you very specific guidelines. Once let's say this person would pass. Next thing you would say, you know what? You made great progress with this. I want you to actually go out, have demos with those systems and make me a comparison sheet. But bring it back to me. I'm still making the decision, but make me the comparison sheet. If they come back with great results, what are you seeing now? This person is, you know, is making progress. Mm-hmm. The next step you would say, you know what? 
negotiate on my behalf. You know, I think, you know, oh, and I'm sorry, the third one would be more like, you know what, what is your, make a recommendation. You know, what do you think we should do? You know the company, you made the research, you spoke to all these companies, you sold the pros and cons. What is your suggestion? And I would make my suggestion. You know what? We're aligned. I would pick the same one that, that, that Sally is picking. Now I'm seeing that they're arriving to a destination the same way I would arrive. The next step is, you know what? Uh, just go ahead, negotiate a deal, whatever you feel comfortable, and maybe CC me on the emails. I want to see the back and forth. And then as soon as this person is at that stage, I say, you know what? Next time you do this, you don't even have to CC me. You're good to go. And, and I'm, I'm giving the scenario. This happens every time. So let's say yep. client relationship. The first thing is coming up with strategy for a client. The person will say, you know what? You're hired for strategy. Go ahead. Here's the client's information. Speak to the client and, and, and close the sale. Give him all the solutions. And the client calls me. Who did you give me this? Just, just, just somebody junior in your company never <laughs> gave me ideas. I've done this five years ago, these ideas. But what if you do the same ex, you know, the same idea that I just mentioned, come up with some ideas, share it with me. What would be the, the, the idea that you're going to push to the client? How would you sell that idea? And you're coaching the person to the destination. And then you're saying, you know what? Pitch it to the client, but I want to be on the call. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, pitch it to the client. Don't even CC me. Let me see. And then bring me the results. Now, when you do this exercise with people, you get confidence and you know if there's a, a hiccup, not only it's not a way to pull back, it's a hiccup. That now I could give them more training. I could give them more training till you arrive to the final destination. Mm -hmm. So when you learn this art, it's, it's, I could say from my own experience, it's a breeze mm -hmm. because your people also know when you give them something, how far they should go with it. So they're not making mistakes or trying to, to, to outsmart you and do, Oh, wait a minute. Not only did I come up with ideas, I actually pitched it to the client who asked you. Why did you go pitch to the client that didn't ask you for it? And this is typical in delegation because you weren't clear what, where does it start? Where does it end? And where are you bringing it back to me? Or where am I giving it back to you to continue the work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Like you're just, you're like dripping, diff, uh, you know, step-by-step -step process, uh, uh, you know, delegating the steps of each process. Say, hey, do this first and then do this first and make sure they are actually successfully completing each step before you give them the next thing mm -hmm. now it could be it could be done this way like just as i mentioned it could also be with, with different tasks but they've proven themselves that they're following the and they're right. the next level so i gave an example even if it would be one task one project mm -hmm. step by step by step but use that concept and think you know when next time somebody is listening to this and in, in, in delegating you could actually split it up I, they have been very successful in this task. The next task, I could give them even a step further. Next time right. they're speaking to a client, they don't even have to show me the ideas. I trust them, but start CCing on those emails. So I still, so that that's what I would suggest to do. And if delegation fails, it's not a reason to quit delegating. It's ask is ask yourself the question: Why did it fail? Mm -hmm. Did I make a wrong judgment and gave too much away too quickly, or maybe I gave it to the wrong person? And I want to just want to make one more point because this is real feedback I got from a lot of people on, on the top, on this topic, which is, do we have to have every person on our team able to do this whole process on the delegation? Meaning to say, do I have to have all my people that could do 
this full scope. Let's say at one point I, they know so much they could do everything, and the answer is no. You, as you run your company, you want to have a key employees in the company that you could eventually delegate full projects and they could take it from start to finish. You might have people, their capacity is only to follow exactly what you told them to do, but they can't think for themselves or they can't mm-hmm. make their own decisions. Speak about content. You could have great writers that could write good, just they can't come up with their own contents. They, you could give them the direction and then, then they could go out and write. It's nothing wrong with them. But if you at one point you want to accelerate content, you're going to want to have one person on your team that could actually come up with content and build out content. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You give them direction and they will follow the direction. They will do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting. One thing I want, I want to bring, uh, earlier you mentioned is having a safety net uh, of, of someone with a different opinion and a different view. Mm-hmm. Because if they think exactly as I do, they then there may be points that they miss. There may be things that they we need to think about, but we didn't. So I, I really like that idea of having someone that has a different view. Because we like to hang out with people that approve of us and say, oh, yeah, I'm smart. And <laughs> you know whatever you say is the nicest thing that you said. But then that will hurt us in turn and down mm-hmm. the road. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so the point on that is that we're not talking about a culture fit. We're talking about both people, any person that you hire to your company needs to fit in the culture, needs to believe in the vision of the company and so on and so forth. It's just the style of a person, which is when you go out and interview people, sometimes as entrepreneurs, we, we basically uh, ignore the people that maybe were a little bit more laid back or a person that's, ask too many questions in interviewing process. Maybe they're going to annoy me once they, they are hired. I'm just saying that don't, you know, you have to look past that. If there's quality, quality skills in that person that they might, they will do a good job on the skills or the job description that you put out to do. Don't ignore that person just because they're not thinking like you or they're not they're not operating the same way you are operating because that sometimes could yield to be a great a great piece uh, of a great add-on for the for the team and as a whole love it so hiring the so so far we talked about identifying what we do throughout the week and the day and the month creating a list and figuring out what we're going to delegate then delegate it to the right person kind of step by step with different tasks to make sure that they prove themselves uh, with their abilities that they can actually do it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually you would just give them the entire thing to deal with a- as you train them and they learn the whole process. Yes. Right? And there's one more thing, uh-huh. which is you got to inspect what you expect. Mm-hmm. And that is where another safety net, even if you've delegated the full project for your best person, you got to have checks and balances. So that's where I have meetings with my team Run me through the project. Where are you up to? Where are you? Let's, let's spot check it. Not to overturn the ideas or not to take away the responsibility or stuff like that. It's just they should, you have to have ways where you inspect, not to find out way too late that it was taken a little bit out of context or is taken to a level that you didn't expect to. So that's even if you know the art of delegation. Never have anything in your company that you have zero controls, zero knowledge, and you don't even know what's happening. You got to be able to inspect what you expect. 
I'm 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 a big I'm very guilty of that. And that <laughs> is uh, like I started delegating at some point and then they were doing a good job. And then I assumed that they were doing the right job only to find out sometimes six months to a later year later that no, it wasn't getting done the way it was supposed to. So would you ever delegate the checks and balances to someone else to check on another? So, so um, this is a very, very delicate question. Um, and I could say, you know, true transparency that we had times that I delegated too much and then I had to come back and, and, and find the right balance. And this is very typical. Sometimes you're so stressed out. You have so much in your, on, on your plate. You'll start delegating and you're delegating it maybe too much or two important pieces of the company and then find out you have to come back and fix it or bring it back to the level that you want. So today's day and age, as much as I delegate very important pieces, I do feel that every single part of the company, you should have a way that what is my, how do I get the information? So let's say in today's day and age, we run on EOS, as I mentioned before, we have a level 10, which one of the, I, items of the level of EOS in general, it's called, it's called the scorecard, mm-hmm. which is one of the most important metrics across your organization that you're tracking on a weekly basis. So sometimes some of the metrics, I won't be involved in the actual data or the actual work that's being done for that metric. But if I see weekly, I could see something on the number that's off. I could say, wait a minute, I think we should have a 50 minute conversation about that number how you arrive to that or what's the plan of bringing it up or down, whatever that number is, whatever that reflects. So you got to have those those checks and balances that you're able to get information. At least if something is totally off, you should be able to pick it up before it's way too late or something terribly happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know where I could see a lot of entrepreneurs um, suffering from that is? Especially smaller companies have a great culture. Usually when you start off, the first employee, the second employee, the third, and all of a sudden, middle tier management comes into play. And sometimes that great culture goes away and people on, you know, at the lower end, lower tier, so to speak, start feeling uncomfortable and they're losing the momentum. Mm-hmm. And sometimes by the time the visionary uh, gets a hold of that, it's a little too late that the, the environment is a little too toxic or there's a bad apple and you don't know how to figure it out. So that we could see a lot. So because they obviously introduce the middle management. So even if you hire a middle management, ask yourself, how will I keep track and how would I keep in touch with, with the rest of the employees? So what could we do on a weekly basis? We have a huddle, which it's a huddle. The whole company comes together, regardless if you have direct reports or not, you have to come up with those ideas where those people don't feel threatened that, oh, I lose, I lost touch with you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what, how you're doing. And therefore, by the time you find out, wait a minute, now it's too hard to, 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 to roll back the clock. Yeah. To your point, I remember, um, hearing about Steve Jobs spending a lot of time meeting with uh, his team members at different levels. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I'm guessing that now you mentioned that he probably did it too stay in touch with people to know what's happening, what is the culture like, and mm-hmm. what, are, what are they focusing on, and maybe find problems and areas of improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a concept of riding the train. It was in, um, the concept obviously is not new, but Mike Bloomberg, when he was mayor in New York City, he used to ride the train, and he used to say, if this is one of the largest enterprises that the city has, I want to ride it to see how it feels. So if we need to improvement of anything in that, and we know at that time the train system was clean and, and a lot of those things happened because it was actually riding the train. 
to that extent, a lot of times you can hear from a business owner, uh, tell me what's happening. You are on the ground. Okay. They're asking like a mid-tier manager or leader, tell me what's happening because you are on the ground. You are on the floor. My answer to that is that, of course, get the information from those people, but how can you get yourself on the floor and inspect what you expect? Just what if you built into your calendar half an hour here, half an hour there, you, you chit-chat with an employee, even if it's not the rec report. Just tell me how things are happening. How is anything we could do to make the company better and stuff like that? Or, you know, Undercover Boss, uh, the, um, that show is all about that. Obviously, it's a stage show. But just to get that feeling that so many mm-hmm. times you're so disconnected to what's happening on the re- on every day that that you're really losing sight on a lot of the stuff you could do. So it's not counter um, um, counterproductive to the conversation about the delegation. You still delegate, but you inspect what you expect so you have the yeah. checks and balances on it. Love it. So, Manny, tell us about what you do these days and who you serve. So we help growing businesses flourish, um, which is basically companies that have a proof of concept, know what they want to do, and they're looking to brand, um, to build out. So a lot of our clients would be B2B or B2C, such as e-commerce brands or other sellers that are selling on Amazon or any other online platform, or B2C and servicing a ton of customers. They do a great, great job by doing that. They're looking for somebody to actually manage their positioning, their marketing, their branding, and so on and so forth. We'll be there to support it between the different services we have offer. Obviously, we have a bunch of different services in today's day and age with digital and print and physical products. So there's a bunch that people could check out at ptextgroup.com. But um, that's my passion. And, and the reason why that's my passion, because you have great people that have great products, great services, and not enough people know about it. And a lot of the times it's because they're not positioned well and they're not telling the proper story. So even if you're selling on Amazon, there's a ton of people selling on Amazon, but why don't you share the story, the passion behind your brand, the story behind your brand, the effort that you're putting into a product development and so on and so forth. And that's why we shine. And that's what we do for a lot of our customers. Love it. Now I understand that you're sharing a gift uh, with um, our people that are listening or or watching and uh, about delegation. Could you tell us about that? Sure. So that's a simple guide, and I've done it because we have conversations like this where people say, so what is my first step, my second step? What could I do? Um, it's simple. We went, uh, we, uh, we put up a page, ptexgroup.com slash delegate. Um, when you go to that page, there is just a blog article about delegation just to just to get your appetite going. And then in the bottom, there is obviously a way that you could put in your contact info and you'll get a PDF um, email, which is just a guide you could print out and start doing immediately. We don't sell a course on delegation. We don't sell a product on delegation. It's straight up information that you could use. Of course, you're going to get the emails from me and then I'm going to check in if you like it, if you're making progress, and then we could have conversations about other parts of your company that we might be able to help. But delegation is because I'm so passionate. I've seen the success myself, and I know what other companies have seen based on um, leaders implementing a art, the art of delegation and being able to delegate stuff and not everything leaving on their, t- on their desk to do. Love it. So, gang, if you want to get access to uh, Manny's uh, Mastering the Art of Delegation and Guide and the workbook that he's sharing with you, go to PTX Group. Dot com. That's P as in Peter, T as in Tom, E as in Elephant, X as in X, group.com forward slash 
delegate and download the workbook, read uh, the article because he's sharing an amazing resource with you for free, a complimentary gift that you could use on a daily basis. And as you heard the man, he's got a lot to offer and share with you on that regard. So I would download that right now. One thing before we let, we let you go is there's so many people that will actually go and download something. It's not about the download. It's about the action. Mm-hmm. And my, from my experience, people that took action within the first three days, those are the people that got momentum. And then they said, I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to more. So I want to challenge you not just to download the guide or whatever we spoke today that you want to do on this whole conversation. You're listening to this conversation. Take action in the next three days. Figure out one step I could start doing in order to be better at delegation. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, Manny, what are the top two or three books that have made a massive impact on your life or business? Sure. So I have a top 10 book uh, that probably needs to be updated by now. When it comes to books, um, obviously it depends where you are in your career and where you are in your journey what makes sense for you, depending like if you're an entrepreneur just starting off, but nobody could escape the E-Myth, a book like the E-Myth, the one, uh-huh. the one thing, which is more to stay, stay focused, or the Purple Cow to know how you're going to differentiate yourself. Those are classic books, good to great. Those are the books that will always uh, come across. Um, but there's always other books. If you're starting to become leading to people, uh, an easy, quick book is The One Minute Manager. It's a great book that I always, I've probably given out hundreds of times to people. Just start reading that so you know how to complement a team and so on and so forth. If you're building a larger team, it's the five dysfunction of a team. And then the list goes on and on from here. Love it. Do you have the top 10 books listed on your website as well? Um, The top 10 books, I think, is listed on manyhoffman.com. So it's many with an E, M-E-N-Y-H-O-F-F-M-E-N. Um, you'll see it on the homepage, my top 10 books, because people always ask me. I know that it's up for a, a redo because I have a couple of books that need to be on that list. But mm-hmm. all of the books there are still relevant for any entrepreneur. Amazing. Now, if you had an ad, a Facebook ad or a Google ad that everyone on earth could see on the Internet, what would your message be? My message will be, I believe every person should be given the opportunity to succeed in life. And if you have something that you could share with your friend, neighbor, um, coworker, and so on and so forth, it's your obligation because it could be one idea that could change a person's life. Love it. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Is to the importance of focus. Is to know that you could achieve so much more, so much faster if you focus. As a young entrepreneur and probably entrepreneurs in general, we always think that opportunity knocks, we got to open the door. And what ends up happening is we start having shiny object syndromes and we run from one thing to the next. That opportunity will come back. If it's not that opportunity, something else will come at that way. But not on the expense of not maximizing the current business or the current opportunity already committed to. So the importance of focus. Love it. What's one piece of advice that made a massive difference in your life or business? Is knowing that as you're growing a team, it's all about you. And if the person is is not performing, ask them, what could you do to help them perform? And if they're not suited for the job, maybe it's time to help them transition out. 
as somebody, uh, a lot of business owners will always complain that this person's not doing a good job, that person's not doing a good job, I wish they would do better, and so on and so forth. The answer to the question is always is you as a leader, you are responsible to make sure everybody's doing their best. And when everybody's doing their best, the company will do their best. And sometimes the best for a person is to move on, but then help them do that in the right way, in the professional way, in a in an emotional way. Sometimes you have to do that with heart because guess what? We only live once and we got to do everything the right way. Absolutely. Love it. Manny, is there anything that you would like to add that we haven't talked about? Um, no, I think I will just close with the following. Um, not every stumbling block is a reason to quit. As business owners, as leaders, we grow. Sometimes you say, should I quit this? And the, the answer is when that thought process comes into mind, ask yourself, what is a way I could get around it? How could I over, overstep that and actually look back and say, you know what? I did it again. I did it again. Because as business owners, you're always going to have it, regardless if you're Apple computers or whatever you are. You're going to have stumbling blocks, and that's naturally a way of doing business. And you got to be able to overcome them, and that makes you a stronger leader and a stronger company. Love it. Love it. Again, uh, stumbling blocks are not a good reason to quit. They're probably a reason to grow and uh, learn. And overcome it. Absolutely. Um, Thank you very much. It's been a a pleasure. I really, really like what we talked about. And uh, gang, if you're listening or watching uh, later or now, if you have any questions about what we talked about, put it in a comment either in our on our social media channels or put it in a form of a review, maybe on Apple or Google, and we will get back to you. And you also, by doing that, enter the draw for getting a gift. And you can also like, subscribe, and comment to our channels on whichever platform you're watching. And uh, I look forward to seeing you and chatting with you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and you're listening to Daily Confidence for Daily Entrepreneurs. We'll see you on our next episode. Bye now.